you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. Hi, I'm Bill Mosley, and you're in the horror basement. <laughs> Lick my plate, you dog bitch. To the Horror Basement, the TN Horror News Podcast, coming to you from the TN Horror News Studio in the basement of my mom's trailer. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Johnny, and we have our local horror experts here with us, Jim Jam. Jim Jam here. And Yeti, the movie raccoon. Hey, hey, hey. You fucking trash panda. (laughs) And we are serving up horror with a sense of humor all over the world. That's what we do. Oh, yeah. And on today's podcast, we'll be talking about news. I got a movie idea. It's fucking gold. Anyone can have it. I'm giving it for free. No question of the week? No, I don't think I have a question of the week. And uh, we have a Seth Breedlove interview. And um, if you want to fast forward, it, Seth Breedlove was like 32 minutes. So It's a 32-minute interview. Yeah, it's not 32 so- minutes in. But it was a 32-minute interview, so the last 32 <laughs> minutes will be him, uh, maybe, or we could put this at the end of that, because I'm not trying to insult him with my movie idea. <laughs> not trying to insult him with my movie idea, but it was a good interview, and if you haven't seen Terror in the Skies, go watch it. That was a really good talk. Yeah, we have a good, good reason why Yeti wasn't on the interview. Yeah, because <laughs> we can't take phone calls. So. No, 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 oh. no. But the question of the week would have been, when's the last time you've had a, a sucker from a bank a bank sucker. When's the last time you've had a bank sucker? Oh, a few years. But I've gotten some recently, but they were for my kid. Okay, well, I went to the bank the other week. I cashed in some change because I'm poor, which I made almost $100 on my change. So You had $100 in change? $96. Shit, I get like a pocket full, and I'm grab, bra- no. buying everything out the damn vending machine. Nope. And uh, so, but I grabbed some suckers, and I had blue because blue is not a... Um, that's the flavor, I guess, right? Blue is the flavor? I mean, well, they, I guess it should have been blue raspberry, but there's no such thing as blue raspberry. So I had blue, and it was fucking good. Really good. So that's my sucker story. You let me know when the last time you've had a sucker like that. Not not, not your special loved one, either. It's not, not the type of sucker I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyways, so... Before we get to news, I have got a movie idea, and this is not the working title. It is the title. No, I mean this is not. You know, this is like the. This could be like you know how they do titles for movies, but it's not the real title. Yeah. Yeah, it's the working title. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, turn the microphone down. Yeah. Turn it down. Yeah. It's peaking out. But yeah, so it's a uh, Bigfoot cock smasher. So then, I guess the working title is Bigfoot Cock Smasher or whatever. The production title. I don't know what you call it. So is this pretty much going to be Bigfoot as uh, the Incredible Hulk? No, 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 no. Oh. This is what it is, guys. Okay. And this is just the start of it. But there's a group of guys, and they want a bigger penis. Like, you know, like they, they the gypsy rolls through town, and she advertises, right? And... um. 
So they're like, oh, let's go do it. You know, they're fucked up. They go do it. Well, what they didn't know was that the, when they drank this mix, it had a little bit of bone dust in it from a haunted Bigfoot. Haunted Bigfoot? Like a Bigfoot ghost or whatever. Ooh. I don't know. Like a, right. you know, ghost Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, the evil spirit Bigfoot because... We got to do a ghost Bigfoot movie. And, uh, we talk about so, it too much. But it's a lady Bigfoot and she's vengeful. Yeah, that's where the cock smashing comes in. <laughs> How long have you been thinking about this? Now, I thought about now, it last week. That was it. So I so, so they get giant cocks from the gypsy gears. Well, I mean, and then the Bigfoot comes and smashes it? Yeah, because I got a backstory for this. <laughs> I do have a backstory. It would be like a you know one of them dream things. But yeah, so she she comes tiptoeing in the house. It's a, it's a horror comedy, okay? Yeah. And... And the only way that you know it's a girl is because... There's no way you can make this a serious movie. No. The only way that you know that it's a girl is because she got lipstick on and a bow in her hair. Don't have no boobs? No. It's just Bigfoot. And uh, I don't know... What the fuck? Bigfoot don't have boobs? No. Not this big. We can't afford boobs. Okay? <laughs> Alright. And what what was that? The hairy monster? What was that thing? Uh... Oh, the Looney Tunes. Yeah. What was that? Was it the hairy monster? or? Yeah. Well, that's my nod to the hairy monster where it just has lipstick and a bow. That's how you know it's a girl. <laughs> so it's tiptoeing in, just like Looney Tunes. <laughs> you know, it's big-ass fucking hairy, you know, Bigfoot. And uh, and she goes to the room, and, you know, she starts under the covers. She's jerking? Yeah, with her soft, furry hands. <laughs> and, and you see it rise up, and it's bigger than normal. And then Smash! Clipped on that one. And smash the penis. But yeah, and the only way that you can get rid of uh this this curse, it's a curse, is from uh either sleeping with her, because you know you got a giant Bigfoot cock now, or you pass it on to someone else. You have to tell them. You have to be a dick friend. And this is the thing. You have to be a total dick friend because either you got a big dick or you're a dick. Right? Well, how do you give them the damn big... Dick? Well, you, you have them go, okay. and then it passes it along. So, so if Cause it the, just sneaks up on you, I mean, is there like a moment of where she gives you the option? She's just like... Oh. Well, I think, I think you might have... I mean, <laughs> this is a working story. I mean, we could work yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, either you figure <laughs> that out, like, you know, there's some literature, like, you go look up the history, like, Craig and, and, and Jeff... <laughs> They got their dick smashed, <laughs> and you know, and I'm sure Yeti and, and and Jim Jam is looking up the history of you know the this gypsy, you know. So are you saying me and Yeti want some Bigfoot? No, I'm just. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I and, would. And, yeah, this is the thing: either you smash her in her lady gash, or you pass it on to your friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Craig's or, gonna love this shout smash out. Smash her in her Bigfoot gash. So, Go yeah. ahead. I would, but, but I mean, it's a small price to pay. Oh no, it's ruined. Once it smashed, it's over, yeah. Well, what? no, I'm saying though, but if you like, well, no, no, you, uh, there's a twist. See, and I don't know if I want to give up the twist ending. But, hey, if you oh, smash, so there's her, no way to win. If you, well, there is. You got to be a dick and pass it on to your friends, and then you have a little dick. But you just have to live with having a little dick. See, this is like the vanity thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Oh, so the moral of the story is... It's not about how big your dick is. It's about how good you are individual. But here, here's the thing. My, my twist ending would be you smash your fucking Bigfoot gash, you lose your dick. It dies. <sighs> because she's a fucking vengeful spirit. You can't fuck a vengeful spirit and expect your dick to fucking stay on. Yeah, yeah, your point. Right. Damn, I was yeah. all, I was all yeah. thinking like, you was all thinking I'm gonna fuck a Bigfoot. I was, yeah, I was, because I, I mean, was, I was fucking. Go ahead, fuck. Why not? I mean, for a little package enlargement, I'd, I'd, I'd bang a Bigfoot. See, now that you that's said the, the twist. twist, now that you say the twist, perfect there, fucking twist. I'll just go with a little dick. And, and this, yeah. this is, here's the backstory for the gypsy and the Bigfoot. So when the settlers come in, you know, they just thought she was a native, right? Because you know she's just hairy. <laughs> well, they raped her, and then realized it was a Bigfoot, so they killed. Her. <laughs> they well, didn't realize. Oh my god! Yeah, well, come on, dude. They never, they've never been here. Okay, and they're dumb. D- yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb this, settlers. Okay, does this movie is this movie going to show a Bigfoot getting raped? Well, off camera, and and the four guys that have uh, taken the potion would be the four guys that were the settlers. You know, like... Oh, okay. You know, like, that's so how you So this is would, a revenge movie. Well, that, I'm just saying that's how it would look, you know, because it's yeah. a comedy, because you have to use the same people you got. Like, you yeah, can't fucking yeah, have yeah. new people. <laughs> and I so... Think, I think we need to tighten this up, write a script, and send it to Uncle Lloydy. Yeah, and see, and then uh, the gypsy finds out about this, because it's like folklore. And I she finds it. the bones, and she grinds them up and does the spell. On yeah. purpose. Because hey, she hates men. I got Lloyd's phone you number never right trust it. The real, the real uh, moral of this story is, is you can never trust a goddamn gypsy. No, that's, see? We got all the hate in there, okay? That's just, I mean, if anybody wants that idea, you can have it. That's your fucking C or D movie. It's fucking Jeez. funny, I'll tell you what, though. Cause I would see much rather watch... I would much rather watch Bigfoot Cock Smasher. Than a movie produced by Blumhouse about a fucking magic eight ball. Oh yeah, there's the news. Oh, oh, fucking winning segue right there. Yeah, Yeti, Yeti will get applause and post. Fuck yeah, uh, yeah. No, so um, Mattel Films. Which I didn't even know was a thing, and um, I didn't either. Blumhouse, the um, <clears throat> production company that makes actual movies, is uh, putting together a film about the Magic Eight Ball. I guess since they did the Ouija movies, uh, I really enjoyed uh, not so much the the first one, but the sequel, the one that came out a couple of years ago. That was really fucking good. I liked it a bunch. <laughs> and, so, and they had the Truth or Dare movie that I didn't really care for. I kind of liked the ending of it, but <clears throat> I didn't I didn't care for the movie as, as a whole. But it was, you know, Truth or Dare and, and the Ouija board and then the Magic 8-Ball. So I guess they're going to go through, you know. And I think they have one called Seven in Heaven, which I assume is about the seven minutes in heaven. Light as a feather, thin as a board. Yeah. So I guess I guess they're doing uh, Magic Eight Ball now. I don't know how the fuck you're gonna make that spooky, but I think 
I think the next one will probably be like Hungry Hungry Hippos or Shoots and Ladders or something. I think that's Hasbro. I mean... No, I don't know. Just check. At this point, man, like, look, the Paranormal Activity, the Purge, I mean, I think they're dog shit. You know what I'm saying? But, like, Blumhouse has put out some heavy hitters as far as horror movies go. Uh, and, and, I mean, you got the fucking the 2018 Halloween movie, which was, you know, pretty decent. And then, like I said, the Ouija movie, and they had, <laughs> they had a few others that were serviceable, you know. Right. But now they've come to this. Unfriended Dark Web was actually really good. Oh, yeah, well. I don't understand how <clears throat> you would do the fucking eight ball movie. I never thought that the eight ball was a horror thing. Well, well it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's like just... a, I don't know, magic. Well, it is magic eight ball. So I guess Blumhouse is going to make it Almost scary. like a fate thing. Like, it, what's your fate? Maybe. I don't you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, it never like has the Blumhouse. same words. Well, yeah. Is this I just... feel like they're, they're starting to market to, like, teeny boppers or whatever, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. You know, you want to get young or younger PG-13 crowd. You want to get them primed. You know what I'm saying? That's that's cool, but fuck, dude. Is hey, the, but also is the Magic Eight Ball even a thing anymore? I don't well, think it's so. It's gonna be now. Yeah. I mean, they still make them. I mean, granted, they all they well, always what, made them. This correct? is probably just for the what, what's the Mattel? Yeah, it's yeah. So they get some money. Yeah, that's just a. Uh, to sell a damn I mean, eight ball. It's a soulless reptilian cash grab. And I mean, you, you know, the one thing I've always missed in horror movies product placement. You know, I've always yeah, thought to myself, you're right. Yeah, this movie was really the good. Pepsi but, can. We but almost, yeah, yeah. Where's the product placement? Where's the. We almost had one last weekend on Deadlines. Johnny had secretly hung up a Tennessee Horror News shirt I'm in the background. Tried <laughs> I tried to get it somewhere. Oh, George caught it. Yeah, I can see the shirt. That's my George Emmett. You should, you should have done. You should have told shirt. George. You should have been like, "Well, uh, that was the idea." Duh. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Well, I guess it's not. So, so yeah, that's that's where we're at as as a society now. Hey, that's next happening. thing you know, they're gonna be a horror movie about Bop It. Hey, wanna play Bop It? Cool. It commands you obey. Bop It. <laughs> Twist it. Have it. If you can't keep up, Twist it. you lose. You. You know, and I, I oh, saw... Oh, you gotta twist it and fucking pull it and bop it, otherwise you fucking die. Here's what I think. Like, you know how... Or you hear throughout history, you know, you hear about a studio putting out one big flop that just kills the studio? Is this Blumhouse's flop? I think that would be... <laughs> what happened was, in 2016 or 2015... Blumhouse helped produce that horrible, steaming pile of dog shit that was the Martyrs remake. You know, we're coming full circle to this, guys. And it was so fucking terrible. Like, it's it's universally panned. It's universally hated. It, it was just... It was scum between my toes. I hate it stinking guts. And uh, I think that Jason Blum had to sell his soul to the devil in order to keep Blumhouse afloat after putting out that horrendous piece of shit. And now, this is what Satan wants him to do. Well, I mean, you got to attract the kids. you got to get them in somehow. 
Yeah, Hail Satan. Hey, yeah, I mean, what about what about another one? Uh, a movie about the board game Mousetrap? No, 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 no. What's that? Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Come on, everybody, skip it. Roaring good fun. Where you put the? Oh yeah. Where you put the thing on your ankle and, and it has like a ball or something. Or yeah, just a bunch, just a string of people with broken ankles. Well, no, no, it's a razor wire and it chops your fucking leg. Ooh, ankle yeah. off If you fucking if you don't get it. You would, hungry, hungry you'd hippos? really be skipping it. <laughs> you'd have to. Or you'd be hopping it. <laughs> you'd be hopping everywhere you fucking go. Let's see what other games there was that can be completely ridiculous movie. Well, I think what would be cool is like a Monopoly horror movie. What, like a death game? Like, yeah, death Monopoly. If you land on someone. What it is, it's just a regular game of Monopoly, but there's like fucking a fucking gas that comes into the room. That makes people not control their rage, and they just end up killing each other. So, like a maybe like a mayhem or a something. Well, you know the yeah. problem. The problem with Monopoly is is people don't play it right. So, yeah. have you ever finished a game of Monopoly? I have never. No, finished because a game. everyone plays like they don't like when you land on it. You put it up for auction, and whoever bids the most is how you should play it. Like somebody lands on this, they can't buy it. Put it up for auction. What do you bid? So every fucking thing gets sold really quick. Oh. Yeah. But most people don't play around. So you've that's fucking the, been playing Monopoly wrong, bitches. That's the, the right way well, to play it? Yeah, I mean, that's the quicker way to play it. Oh. Just put it up for auction. I'll give you 10. I'll give you 20. You know what I'm saying? But granted, whoever has the most money is going to win eventually because, you know, Monopoly. Yeah. So, but you all start out with the same. So, yep. Yep. So. Vince Man thought he had Monopoly. <laughs> We're not talking about wrestling. We're not talking about wrestling. Uh, so, um, my news is uh, this. I don't know if anybody's heard about this film. Am I pronouncing it right? Midsummer, 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 yeah, Midsummer, Midsummer. Yeah, it's it's Midsummer, but it's like is a, it? Yeah, in the middle of the well, night. it's got an O. I don't think. Well, yeah, it's like a maybe maybe German or something. But yeah, version, so. But, uh, Ari Aster, is that how you pronounce the name? Or is it Ari Aster. Ari Oster. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, apparently uh, Jordan Peele watched this movie and uh, said it's fucking fantastic. I don't know if he's a little biased, but he could be. I mean, it looks really fucking good. Like the the I I saw the trailer on a, on a whim, like on accident. It was a fucking YouTube ad. And I, I saw See, it, I and it just, I, I got excited it. about the movie. I, I liked Hereditary. So. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything about it, and uh, someone from work sent it to me, and I was like, why is this not in the fucking news more? Like, why isn't this popping up? And then Jordan Peele says something yeah. about it, and it comes out July the 3rd in theaters. It's like, I haven't hardly seen any. Like, <laughs> even, even going to the movies, you haven't seen an ad for it, you know? So, yeah. it's not really gotten a whole lot of push. It's. I don't think it, like Hereditary. It's not going to be for everybody. But it's about a pagan cult, so. Yeah. I'm. I think I'm kind of down with that. You know. Oh, I remember that kid. It's got Will Poulter. And if you've seen him, you'd recognize him from movies, but you'd never know his name. But yeah, I'm interested. I mean, he said that it's like. I don't know, like the ideal hey. horror movie. I'm kind of looking forward to Midsummer. I am. I am too. 
Jim Jam, what's, what's your new story? Hey, I got a Jaws poster for Father's Day. That's pretty dope. Yeah, and they fucked it up and it got wrinkled. So I put a re- I wanted a refund. So they said just keep the poster and gave me a refund. So got it for free. Cool. So now what are you getting? Nothing, just the money back. Oh, they didn't buy you nothing new. I don't need nothing. They got it for the poster. Well, good That's good yeah. customer service from whatever company that was. Yeah. Well. Uh, well, I guess they can buy me the poster frame now. Yeah, <laughs> they can use that ten dollars to buy the poster frame. Yeah, the fucking poster frame is probably more than the fucking poster. Uh, the poster one like that. Well, the one like this one is only like nine dollars. Yeah, that's a real cheap one. That's that's all I'm getting. I'm not gonna get a thick one. Hell, only reason they don't make the cheap ones and the big ones. You got to buy the thirty dollar ones for the big ones. Oh yeah. 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 No, thanks a lot, uh, Azon. Without the M. <laughs> right. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Amazon. They did wrinkle it, though. I will agree. So, yeah. They should have gave you money back. Keep on going because I'm thinking I might, there might have been something that stood out. There's other news out there. I'm oh, sure. Swamp Thing got canceled after one episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, one episode. That was my news a couple weeks ago. Which, I mean, who's going to fucking buy the DC fucking uh, streaming service? Yeah. To watch Swamp That's Thing. That's fucking crazy. One episode and fucking, no, it's done. No, they're probably like, well, this ain't bringing no surely, one. Surely, surely they, they got more episodes. Or there they... must have been something else into it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because the production costs were so high. Uh, were they not filming they couldn't... in Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it was something about, oh, okay, okay, I remember what it was. Um, I think they were filming in Georgia and they get a grant to offset the cost of production. And they had filmed 10, 10 season, 10, I'm sorry, 10 episodes for the first season. Uh, and when they redid their grant paperwork, they fucked it up. So they would have to eat production costs on season two. They couldn't fade the amount of money that they were going to have to put into the series uh, without that grant. So they just canceled it. So they're not even gonna put the rest of the episodes up. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're gonna air the, the the rest of the season, but they're they're canceling it then. Well, wow. Maybe maybe someone will want to back it after they see the ten episodes and like. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard nothing but positive things about it online. I'm not gonna get the DC Network for it. I can no, but maybe it'll come out somewhere where it you... was filmed in North Carolina. There was a grant though. So, is there swamps in North Carolina? Yeah, they were approved for yeah. sixteen point nine million, but four point nine million for the swamp thing pilot, in addition twelve million for the rest of the season. It took four million for one episode, and then is the they're Star have to... News reported that the season's budget was around eighty-five million dollars. So, what studio put it out? Was it, I guess DC? Yeah. Uh, so, it was uh, no. Uh, Da, da, da. Warner Brothers. Oh, them fuckers got money. What the fuck? Eighty-five million though. Well, hell, it's a lot to gamble on on a streaming service that nobody's gonna fucking buy. Now, if it was on Netflix or something like that, then it'd probably been had yeah. five seasons or more. Yeah. But DC want to be dumb and hell, <clears throat> they they can't even make a decent damn movie, let alone damn have a fucking yeah. service. 
Fucking idiots. They should just let Disney buy them out. <laughs> Fuck no. I mean... Speaking of Monopoly, right? Yeah, no shit. Disney is a big Monopoly. That is crazy, though. And that it had like 92% on like rating on this show. Like everyone was fucking excited about it. Everyone and DC was, was, was like, putting, uh, they was putting them out weekly, wasn't they? Because you can't just like get it for, uh, get the free uh, seven days. My thing is, is they should have just come to the fucking CW. Like arrows going off. Oh, my wife's pissed. CW's not on uh, DirecTV now no more. Oh, that's some bullshit. I took that off. Well, that's garbage. So, yeah, we're going to end up finding another. No, you go to the, <laughs> just download the CBS app, and, or the CW app. You got to you... wait till the next day, though. She wanted to watch it. Oh, fucking give me a break. It's free. <laughs> Free's free. Deal yeah. with it, Mrs. Jam. <laughs> God. So, yeah. Well, see, I don't ever wait for the next day. I wait until like four or five episodes come out. And then I'll watch four or five episodes. Yeah, then I don't have to worry about it. I mean, you know. But yeah, so that was some news. And uh, look, if you want my idea, you can have it. Okay? My my movie idea. Fuck that. I'm putting it out there. No, It's out there. I just want to see it made. As your best friend, I'm saying no. Uh, We... John, Johnny good. Johnny needs at least to get credit, at least executive producer credit. Yeah, that, well, that'll be fine. You know, created by. Yeah. Story yeah, by. Based on story by. Yeah. And then, and then also Yeti help. Well, we get executive. Uh, is there an executive Yeti didn't a writer? Do shit. What did Yeti do? We, we threw in some points in there. So y'all didn't come up with nothing. I y'all, just said I'd fuck a Bigfoot. That's all I yeah, did. Y'all didn't come up with nothing. I gave. And you. I mean that was that was. I mean that was pre-existing. We're a fucking tripod. That was pre-existing. Hey, we're a fucking tripod. What happens if one leg's out of it? <laughs> you fall on your face. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we. That's, at least, that's why I'm a bipod. Me, I me, walk around on two legs, motherfucker. Me and Yeti can at least get executive producer credit. I mean, you can. I don't think anybody's going to give it to you. <laughs> well, hey, that's the thing about IMDb. You can put anything yeah. on them. We can adjust it all. But, yeah. Anyways. I think that's a great idea. Now, it's like I said, you can change the title. Like You're going to have to. You can't come out with a movie that says Bigfoot Cocksmasher. Oh, you could. I mean, it... well, you could, yeah. You're right. You could. Sure you can. Just can't go through MPAA. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. This will, uh, you think, what if Blumhouse wanted it? Well, then they, they'd have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers, I got the money. Now, but no, well, the yeah. problem is, is they're coming out with fucking uh, Magic 8-Ball. They could pay me for fucking Bigfoot Cock Smasher. And yeah. I don't know what I need and, to ask them. You if, just give me $10,000 for the script that I don't have. And if, uh, just the idea. And if Blumhouse wants it, I, I, I don't want an executive producer credit. I want a written apology for the martyrs we made. Hey, you're not getting it. They said, we'd rather give you money. You're executive producer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the name they use for they don't want to be a part of it? Was it Alan, Alan Smithy. Yeah. <laughs> executive producer, Alan Smithy. Yeah. Parentheses, <laughs> Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! You ain't getting an apology, bitch. <laughs> well, all right, guys. So, uh, gosh dang, why does it keep doing that? Yeah, but all right, guys. So uh, here's 
enjoy our interview with Seth Breelove because it's going to be after this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Seth, if you heard all that, uh, it's a really good interview. None of that had to do with <laughs> had to do with your interview. <laughs> what just, is it? Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> you were. <laughs> what is that disclaimer they put about in front of a movie? Like uh, yeah, the the opinions, the views and opinions that, that are expressed in, expressed in this do not uh, reflect on Seth Breedlove. Yeah, <laughs> for real, because he's an awesome guy. Yeah, There's the disclaimer. Yeah, go check out Terrors in the Skies and all of his other movies. Okay. And like you heard in the interview, uh, we'll say it again. He's going to be at the uh, Mothman Festival showing Terror in the Sky. Yeah, Terror in the Skies. Plural, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Y'all enjoy. We have a Ohio filmmaker uh, from production company in Small Town Monsters. Um, I don't know why I'm stuttering over all this shit, but documentary. Um, he's made many documentaries, and um, his name is Seth Breedlove. Seth, how are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the shitty introduction. Uh, no, it's okay. If I if I. I, the worst thing is when I come on one of these shows and they ask me for my bio and then they decide they're going to read the whole bio and no. uh, I sit there for like five minutes because it's it's too long. I need to cut that thing down by like half. Yeah, that's why I was like, okay, which part of the bio am I going to use? <laughs> well, because I forgot saying... my I forgot my notepad. Okay, I forgot my notepad. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and admit it. <laughs> I, I usually write everything down that I'm gonna how I'm gonna introduce introduce someone and I forgot the notepad today. It's like, oh, crap, I don't have my, you know, thing. But his uh, latest film is Terror in the Skies, his latest documentary, uh, which we did get to watch, and uh, we all of us, and I don't know if you, Yeti is not here, our other co-host, but uh, we all enjoyed it, man. It was really good, really cool. interesting. Awesome. What's, yeah, um, that's, that's, uh, that's been, uh, like, one of the, I think the highlights of like releasing this movie was I really expected this one to um, have an uphill battle out of the gate, just just because I, you know, the the subject isn't, it's not Bigfoot, and Bigfoot is a is a well known topic. Mothman's a pretty well known topic, and yeah. some of the others we we've covered have like a built in audience, and I don't necessarily think that's the case for like flying humanoids and thunderbirds and stuff like that. So. Um, it's been awesome yet yeah, to, to see that people are actually discovering the movie and enjoying it. Yeah, it's definitely not the case uh, as far as, uh, like you said, being well-known. But I think anyone that's into this type of stuff, the cryptid, cryptozoologies, cryptids, whatever, however anybody wants to word it, is just interested in something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to find out something new is just like, wow. Didn't know this was yeah. going on. Like, Yeah, man, I mean, and... Uh, Honestly, these are these stories are the the ones that I enjoy um, sort of telling the most, just because um, you know with something like Mothman or the Bray Road Beast, you're you're dealing with the fact that there are already multiple documentaries out about those subjects, and you have to find like a new angle to them. Whereas uh, Terror in the Skies, you don't have to come at it from like how how can I you know put something out that that sort of um lays out new information it's it's all kind of new uh for most people so it's it's a little easier on on me as a filmmaker because i can just kind of focus on the storytelling side of things instead of 
sort of information dissemination. Um, it makes it this this makes it a lot easier for me, and and also it's just funner to tell. It's funner for me to to do the research on something like this because there's there's you're not forced to sort of pick and choose what you're going to use in the film. You can kind of just throw it all out there uh, because most of it hasn't been seen, you know, a hundred times by, by a general sort of audience. Yeah. I was, I was surprised with it because like I said, I've never heard of, well, I've heard of the Thunderbirds, you know, like the Mm -hmm. ancient history of it, or I shouldn't say ancient, but the history of that and big birds, you know, flying through the air and all this, but I didn't realize that it was more recent and our other coast, like I said, a Yeti, he mentioned to us, he's like, yeah, I'm never going to Illinois again. <laughs> Not going to that place. I mean, I, yeah, we were there. We were actually just there, like uh, a matter of, I think, three weeks ago. We drove back through, right through Alton, actually, because we had to drive to Louisiana, Missouri. And the entire time, now that we've made this movie, you kind of find yourself looking to the sky when you're there, you know, like as hokey yeah. as that might, as hokey as that might seem. Um, there is something about that state that that seems to invite uh, weirdness in the skies. And th- did you go in believing this, or come out believing it? I mean, like when you go and do one of these um, documentaries, go, do you? I don't go. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty skeptical on on the approach. Like when when I'm yeah. approaching it, I'm, I'm very very skeptical. Um, this was one though where I actually like during the research end of it, I started thinking there could definitely be a possibility to something like Thunderbirds, um, just because what people are describing isn't that um, you know it's not it's not that unbelievable. They're they're essentially describing sort of birds that resemble known birds that happen to be um, far larger than known birds, you know, and you could definitely have. Um, you know, sort of uh, rare cases where where some species of bird grows abnormally large, and you know, gigantism obviously exists, and we know that. So I, th- I think that could actually explain what's going on in, in a number of these cases. Um, I wouldn't say I came out like a believer of every every subject we covered, but I definitely was much more like open to a lot of it, especially the Thunderbird stuff. You got a question or? I don't want to. I don't want to run the whole interview. Go ahead, I'm on. Well, uh, Yeti asked wanted wanted to ask a question like, uh, what made what made you decide to focus on local folklore cryptids? Um, if if we're talking like a general sort of like why I got into small town monster yeah. stories, um, I grew well, I grew up in a small town uh, in Ohio and. Um, I had, I, you know, I, I never got into cryptids and the paranormal until much later in life. Like I was in my mid twenties when I got into it. Um, and so th- what got me into it and, and into looking um, sort of into these subjects for myself was the fact that there were a number of like Bigfoot type sightings near the town that I'd grown up in called uh, Bolivar, Ohio. Um, and they started, um, they started in the seventies, which I didn't find out till later, but there were, there were sightings in the seventies, uh, on this one stretch of road called St. Peter's church road. Um, and people were seeing, you know, this hairy something walking on two legs. Um, and then people started finding 
um, deer and livestock um, in trees and in really weird places. And, and there was a lot of like animal mutilations, strange stuff like that going on. And um, that sort of captured my attention. And then I, I came to find out that someone we actually knew um, who lived on the same road, um, who was like one of the most believable witnesses I've ever spoken to, claimed that she had been seeing and her, her kids, her husband, they all claimed they'd been seeing Bigfoot on their property for, for decades. And this wasn't like one person telling us this. This was a whole family of people, very believable witnesses. Um, he was actually like a DA, like a district attorney. Oh, wow. um, and they were like insistent that like they, they knew they were there. They lived in these caves on their property. They knew where they went. They, they've been seeing them. So that was like the first time where I really started thinking, okay, maybe there is something to these subjects beyond just fun stories, cool stories. Um, and then I started looking into it for myself and talking to, talking to witnesses and things like that. And, and uh, everything sort of snowballed from there. And, and, you know, eventually we made Minerva monster and small town monsters kind of took off from, from there. <clears throat> Do you uh, think there is any connection between cryptids and aliens? Oh, I mean, there's definitely a connection just because of the fact that people claim to have witnessed, um, you know, the, the, the phenomena that seem to be alien or extraterrestrial uh, in conjunction with, you know, like uh, Bigfoot or, or whatever kind of cryptid. I mean, I, I even think in, in Terror in the Skies, there's like a quick mention of, of alien, you know, like people seeing UFOs and Thunderbirds together. Um, so you can't like, you know, d do I personally believe that there's a connection between like UFOs and some of these subjects? I, I don't necessarily think that is the case. Um, but that that's not to say there aren't a number of these reports that exist that seem to be of, you know, both, both phenomena and sort of, existing in harmony um it's always weird i mean we made a whole movie you know invasion on chestnut ridge that really gets into some of the weirder side of like bigfoot reports where people are seeing you know ufos and and bigfoots coming out of ufos or going into Uf ufos or seemingly coming out of like portals in the woods and things like that and you know for for a lot of people it uh creates some some serious problems for them you know like they, they they're pretty close off to that idea um and so uh it's a it's a weird subject to cover in our films but we we do cover it personally i don't necessarily draw a connection between um thunderbirds or or you know like some of some of the other winged cryptids and and like ufos but um there are phenomena that seem to to have roots in that, you know, like in it more, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's, there's cryptozoological phenomena that, that have roots in what you would sort of uh, quantify as paranormal or supernatural activity rather than something that's an unknown animal, you know, like the Bray Road beast seems to be like the perfect example of that. Cause it's like this, the case is so weird. The, the Bray Road case is so strange and it's got so many strange aspects and it seems to have, some sort of like some sort of uh roots in like demonic 
uh, activity and, and, and sacrifices happening in the woods. And, you know, there's like a ranch near, near Elkhorn where, where the guy that owns the ranch has been seeing dogmen and like UFOs in conjunction with one another, which is really weird. Um, so yeah, the short answer is it depends on the subject we're, we're talking about, but for the most part, I do not connect the two. Well, you had mentioned, uh, well, I don't know if you did, but in the terror in the skies, it, it was brought up that, that some hoaxes are could possibly be done to make believers look less credible. Do you, do you think that's true? Like, do you think there's a bigger, I don't know if you'd say the government or some other faction or whatever yeah. trying to trying to cover that, I, I, that I, up? Yeah, I think what you're referencing is Allison Jornlin, I think, at one point uh, posits that maybe – sightings of the Chicago Mothman could be um, could be organized by someone as a hoax to sort of throw people off of actual sightings of, of winged, uh, some sort of winged cryptid or something like that in the state. Um, you know, like that's, that's definitely something that people discuss. That was actually the first time I've ever heard someone say that about, about one of these stories though, where, where they're actually sort of throwing the idea out there that people are creating the 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 hoax uh, because there is an actual you know cryptid or or paranormal thing that's happening uh, and they're trying to throw people off the scent. It's kind of a, a strange idea, but um, I think in the movie there's there's a lot of strange ideas that are sort of put forth and you can kind of sift through them. Uh, and and pick and choose you know what what you want to accept or or throw away, um, but I I wouldn't be I'm not closed off to that idea just because I know that that's something that that's happened in in like ufology in the UFO world before like the you know the the Air Force has organized hoaxes to throw people off of of uh, actual you know UFO cases and and that's pretty pretty well documented I mean we we know that sort of thing has happened. Uh, multiple times so um you know it, it could definitely be sort of a, a one of the theories that that we could accept regarding you know winged cryptids and especially the chicago mothman just because that that chicago case um is so strange because it's happening in a very uh populated area you know and there's there's yeah. so many people that are there uh, there's so many sightings. You're talking 70 plus sightings that have happened since 2017 of the swing cryptid. The problem with the Chicago sightings, though, is the fact that, you know, a, a lot of these cases we have known witnesses. We have their names. We we know what they claim to have seen. In the case of the Chicago flap, um, most of the sighting witnesses are anonymous. So we we don't actually. There's no way to really verify stories and things like that at least not on our end we kind of have to go off the the word of the the uh, investigators or researchers who are putting these stories out there well that's what uh like like you brought up the government covering up stuff like ufos but what if the government was working with like large birds you know what i'm saying like created these larger birds to like do stuff you know you never know <laughs> And then they create some no, other I mean, ones. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that's that's one of the like fun aspects of, yeah, like you just, of these subjects yeah. that go down you the can kind of like. Yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole. Like, you're, you're trying like, to figure out. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just made me think about that. Like what if? What if? But that, like I said, that's a big what if. I, I was wanting. Hmm. Uh, there was one 
a story in there. Because, you know, you have to use animation because, you know, you're not going to have the actual video or whatever, the, the stories in there. Um, there was mm. a one of what looked like a pterodactyl to me. Yeah. What was that, uh, mm-hmm. what was that cryptid called? Um, uh, there's, there's, so, so for the, for the first, like, third of the movie, it's kind of focused on Thunderbirds, but then it gets into, um, pterodactyl type creatures. I don't think there's actually like a name that I think it's South America. They call them the Ropen, but that's a little different from, from what people are describing in Illinois and Pennsylvania, by the way, like sightings of pterodactyl type, uh, birds are actually, uh, a pretty large scale, um, phenomenon that's that's been seen across the the united states going all the way back to you know like uh the 1800s there were there were a lot of reports of pterodactyls in the in the old west um so so that's actually nothing new this has been going on for a very long time um but yeah kyle um kyle danhausen i think this is what you're referencing is it was was the hunter who was uh hunting a ditch um, in central Illinois, and him and a, a buddy saw a large pterodactyl-type uh, bird fly over them um, while, while they were hunting this ditch. Um, the, the interesting thing about his description is he saw, you know, he saw it as, as sort of a large feathered bird. Um, he thinks it was feathered. He couldn't actually distinguish feathers, but he believes it was feathered. Um, but he also thought it was leathery. Um, and and then he talked about that sort of um, the, the hood or uh, bill that kind of came off the back of its head, um, almost like a sail or something like that. Um, and that's where the, the pterodactyl account sort of comes into play. And what he's describing is something that's been described, um, uh, yeah, all across the United States. In fact, we covered a, a sighting of something similar in, in our film Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, um, which is Pennsylvania. That's actually north uh, or southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, those those – Pterodactyl type reports are are fairly common. I would actually say that these days the pterodactyl reports um, are more common than something like a thunderbird, uh, especially when you move out to the when you move out to like the West Texas, uh, Arizona, New Mexico. Those those states all have a large number of these reports of of like pterodactyl type creatures. Wow. Uh... That would be pretty, pretty nuts to see uh, what, what you always seen in school as like dinosaurs and actually see it flying above you. Oh, that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. I would think I'm high or something. Well, like you said in the in the, this documentary, uh, that there was a certain bird that was twenty had a twenty foot wingspan, but it's extinct right now. Correct. Yeah, the Teratoran. Um, yeah, which would have been not think of what yeah the territory was was um sort of a massive and i believe they were i don't want to speak out of turn i feel like they that someone mentioned they might have been like a condor or something like so that, that and uh obvi- obviously the reason the reason that comes into play the reason the condor thing comes into play is that what so in 1977, uh, in Lawndale, Illinois, there was there was a really famous case um, that actually eventually hit the media and, and went sort of national, became a, a viral, quote-unquote, sensation at the time in the 70s. Uh, and that was a case that happened in Lawndale, Illinois, when this little 
uh, boy was picked up and carried through his yard about 50 feet by some sort of large bird um, that resembled, according to him and all the other witnesses that were present, resembled an Andean condor. And the the Andean condor um, obviously does not exist in Illinois. Uh, so so I think the the idea is that um, you know from a cryptozoological perspective, um, what what you might be looking at is some sort of existing form of a teratorn. Um, you know, and and of course, like when you run in, when you uh, I guess throughout these these. Uh, ideas or theories like that, um, the the hard part then becomes, well, how how do they exist? Where are they managing to stay hidden, um, you know, in a state like Illinois? Um, but having said that, once you go down to southern Illinois, which is where Alton is, um, you know, that is a location where something could easily stay hidden because of the, the bluffs and the, the uh, caves along the bluffs. If you had an animal... Yeah, a, a large bird uh, that wanted to build a nest. You couldn't have a better location than than Southern Illinois, actually, because that's that's actually where um, a lot of eagles, you know, large numbers of eagles actually nest uh, in those bluffs along the Mississippi and Illinois rivers um, down there. And it, 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 one of the weirder things about Southern Illinois, and especially the the Mississippi River Valley. Is that it's it's sort of defined by birds um, because of the bluffs, because of the river, because of the wildlife. Um, there are a massive number of birds in that particular area. Um, they have wildlife refuges sort of set up specifically for birds and and bald eagles, especially. You, you'll see a ton of bald eagles down there. Um, you know, and maybe that plays into why Illinois has become kind of known for, for strange things existing in the sky. Um, you know, and there's, there's reports from Illinois and Missouri, that Mississippi river Valley, that there are reports going all the way back, you know, to the 1800s. Obviously we discuss in the movie, the, the case from Missouri um, from the 19, early 1900s, when there was a, a little boy who was supposedly picked up and carried away by a giant Eagle. Um and that story was verified and was in a newspaper. Now, whether or not that that makes it true, we're not sure, but it was definitely an existent story. Like that was a, a real story. They talked to actual witnesses and things like that to, to publish that story. Um, but there's also another story from central Illinois from the late 1800s that we didn't come across until after Terror in the Skies was out. That's actually really similar to the um to that story about the little boy being carried off by the eagle um and again it involves a, a massive bird taking away a little girl so those stories exist in illinois and have existed there for you know decades if not centuries um which is really kind of curious in itself but you know whether whether um, you you want to subscribe to the sort of like it, it's an unknown type of um, you know extinct bird that somehow has managed to survive, or if you believe it's you know a um, some sort of like an Andean condor that for some reason is here, or if you're more into the paranormal side of things, or if you just think the whole thing is sort of a um, a uh, hoax, like that's obviously a lot of people believe that too. So there's I mean, as far as like rabbit trails to go down and, and different 
uh, theories to explore. This is this subject is like wide open to interpretation by by newbies, you know, by people like me. I was curious, uh, you know, I've, you've done all this, uh, all these documentaries and all this research and stuff. Have you you yourself encountered any cryptids or anything like that? Um, you know, like we've spoken to we've we, we actually during the making of Terror in the Skies we spoke to a, a person who had claimed a sighting of a large bird um, just a week prior, which you know for me it was like frustrating because. We were there a week later and, and never actually witnessed anything when it came to large birds. But um, I haven't I haven't really encountered a lot for myself. When when I was making uh, on the trail of Bigfoot, um, we went to the uh, Watchita Mountains in in Oklahoma, and uh, in a, in like two and a half days, we experienced a lot of really weird you know Bigfoot possible activity, um, rock throws and things screaming at us at night and, and a lot of like strange activity like that. But I have yet to actually like see something for myself, which is, is frustrating in a way. And at the same time, I'm not sure if it would make any difference. Like, like at the end of the day, I just love these stories and the, uh, you know, the getting to, to tell uh, stories about these um, encounters and things like that. And, and all the different subjects that we get to delve into. That's, that's for me a win sort of whether or not I ever actually see anything for myself. I, I can't really think of a better subject to sort of while away your days exploring. Um, and, you know, like I think terror in the skies, especially is sort of a, uh, homage to undiscovered, you know, uh, creatures and, and unexplained mysteries and things like that. Um, so no, Un the short answer is no, I have yet to actually see something for myself, but maybe eventually. Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know if I, how I would react if I actually saw Bigfoot. I'd probably <clears throat> shit myself, piss myself, and all that good stuff. Run <clears throat> or, into a tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> turn around. Oh my god! Bam. Ugh. <laughs> and they, then turn they, out it's just a big bush or something. But anyways, um, you know, earlier I was talking about Mothman, but this is not the Chicago Mothman. I'm talking about the one from Point Pleasant. Have you ever attended or been to the Mothman Festival? Yeah, we uh, we've been there the last four years now, um, and we'll be there again. We're actually showing Terror in the Skies um, at this year's Mothman Festival. We we do their opening uh, Friday night kickoff event at the State Theater. Um, in the last like three years, we've shown a bunch of our movies and tons of people come in. We pack the theater out, even though the theater has no air conditioning, and everyone gets to sit there and and boil together and watch our movies as they sweat profusely so it's a lot of fun but yeah we've that is like that's one of our our favorite events to to take part in and and I, it's one of the ones where i can always manage to drag some of the stm crew along with us so um yeah if any of your listeners are in that west virginia area come see us because the whole usually most of the crew are there it's a lot of fun well, uh, the reason I was speaking on that is because my wife actually wants to take my kids and, or we want to take my kids to this. So if everything works out, we will be there, me and my wife and kids. Awesome. I might be able to drag Johnny yeah. with us. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's if I got any money. <clears throat> but, uh, well, yeah. It's free. You don't, you can't even use that excuse. It's free. Oh, I got you there. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. I appreciate your help, buddy. 
<laughs> he can go sweat with us and watch. Extended family Karen's. vacation. With, but um, no. <clears throat> I have a question. Um, would you consider yourself as like a historian of these stories? Because I mean, in the future, do you know how stories get passed down? Well, before it was, you know, sure. they wrote on cave walls, they wrote on paper, and then all that, you know, mm-hmm. eventually degrades. But like movies, you know, have the possibility to last longer. These stories do. Sure, I mean, it's it's actually the movie um, sort of addresses that in a way. Like the final two quotes in the movie are from Tobias Whalen and uh, Troy Taylor, and Troy Taylor talks about how he sees what he does, which is writing books about these subjects. Um, how he sees what he does as that, like building. Uh, a, a historical database about these encounters. And it, Tobias makes the statement that whether you believe in the factual reality of Mothman or Thunderbirds or any of it, it it's irrelevant. Like the, the important thing is that the stories are being told and that people are documenting what people have claimed over the years. Um, so, yeah, I, I do see what we do as uh, as more historical historically based than some than like cryptid based or cryptozoology because we're not we're not out to sort of prove that any of this is real um our our main goal is to sort of just put down what people are saying uh in their own words on camera get down you know get get that down on camera and um just like troy writes it in a book you know like we're we're making a movie about it so it's it's similar i think both have have their place and um yeah there's there's definitely a historical component to it um and and that's one of the reasons that i i enjoy you know what we do it's, um, you got a question cause... oh i was just gonna say it was uh what while people are there do they do like i don't want to say expeditions but do they actually go out and do like mothman hunts and stuff you know, at the festival. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're there, you can actually go. You would get to. So they do a few different things. There's there's like guided walking tours of like the TNT area and, um, you know the the abandoned armament facilities, which I really suggest. Um, and then they do like a hayride that goes through the entire TNT area as well. And I think there's there might be something else that they do as well. But I. Yeah, I would I would strongly recommend doing all of those things, and I think you can actually sign up for some of those in advance online, which I I always recommend because that stuff sells out really fast. Um, so so as much of that uh, as you can handle, I would I would recommend doing. Wow, that so <clears throat> obviously you probably done that right? You probably done those. Uh, I I have not done those because mm. I've been through the TNT area so many times by myself or with my crew that I've sort of experienced everything there is to oh, okay. to see there, um, including you know like we were we actually filmed a a, a Japanese television show two years ago where that That's we cool. were on um, in the TNT area and we spent like five nights sleeping out there so I've I've lived it I'm good I don't need the I don't need <laughs> the hayride. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you. Uh, is it difficult to get uh, people's statements on camera, like the witnesses, eyewitness reports? Like, yeah, that's 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 the hardest aspect of what we do. Like, it's if it wasn't for that, I would I would love uh, every aspect of filmmaking. But unfortunately, you really do have to convince 
uh, a lot of these people to, to tell their story, and understandably so, because the the ridicule factor associated with coming forward with a sighting is so high. Um, you know that that you really have to convince people that you're not out to sort of make fun of them or or make a quick buck off them that you really just want to get their story down and, uh, and hear it from their own, their own mouth rather than having some author or someone like that, tell their story for them, which, you know, ironically, you actually see that happen in terror in the skies because we did not manage to get, uh, Marlon Lowe's story, you know, directly from him. So you have Lauren and Troy Taylor telling his story on his behalf. Um, I always want to have the actual witness tell their story rather than someone else doing it for them uh, whenever possible. But yeah, it's, it's very difficult. It's by far the most difficult part of making the movies. Yeah. That's what I was thinking because uh, when you had them telling the story, it's like, well, I guess they couldn't, it's difficult to get them, get other people to actually come forward. You had the one eyewitness and I don't think there was any other eyewitnesses on there. Correct. There's, there's two. Two? Um, There's Jeff Byers who had the uh, the the encounter while he was driving late at night, and then uh, Kyle Danhausen, who was the hunter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Correct, yeah. I was thinking of just the one that, like you said, he was driving. Yeah. But, uh, Seth, man, we uh, we appreciate you coming on. We don't want to keep you too long. Uh, you know, it, it's about 35 minutes. But uh, what, what are you doing next that you would like to try to promote or tell people where you, they can get your movies? How about that? Yeah, um, we're working on Momo the Missouri Monster, which is sort of our love letter to Grindhouse movies from the 70s. Um, uh, The first trailer for that should actually be dropping next week, um, along with the press release. But people are going to want to see that one, especially like horror fans, because it's such a, like I said, it's a nod to like 1970s Grindhouse and drive-in movies. It's going to be a lot of fun. the uh, website is smalltownmonsters.com or on the trail of .tv. We do a, an, an episodic miniseries each year um, that's much more of like an investigative look into these subjects rather than sort of a cinematic retelling. Um, and uh, on the trail of UFOs, which is our next on the trail of series, starts filming in three and a half weeks. Awesome, man. We I look forward to seeing them. Well, as you, uh, we we already get from uh, Justin, right? Yeah. Um, well, as soon as we get a press release, we'll have it up for your next uh, adventure. Adventure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, we enjoy your work, and can't wait to see more. Cool. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, Seth. You too. Thanks. All right, guys, so that was Seth Breedlove. Uh, like you said, uh, go check his uh, website, smalltownmonsters.com and onthetrail.com, correct? Yeah. And go, you know, go. If, if you're into cryptids and all that stuff, like Terror from the Skies is really interesting to me. If you like documentaries, and you'll really enjoy it. It's just the tale of the stories, and just I didn't know anything about it. it and Seth's a really nice guy. It's so cool to be able to talk to him. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, very informative. Yep, and uh, make sure you go look out for the uh, new Tennessee Horror, TN Horror on the Road, or THN on the Road, uh, Deadlines Part 2. There will, will, might be a Part 3 coming out. You never know by the time this is up. Might, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Well, I mean, if we go this weekend. but Yeah, so um, 
make sure you check that out and um, go subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit us up, TN Horror News, everywhere stuff. Hell yeah. And we appreciate y'all listening and thank y'all a lot. Yep. So, is that all we got, Jim Jim? Yep. That's all we got, y'all. We out. Peace. Spooky. Try not to be a natto. I'm not your daddy. Or maybe I am. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview and enjoyed some of the news in my movie idea. Um, just throwing it out there. And, uh, and Old always, House presents Bigfoot Cock Smasher. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, go uh, hit up our YouTube channel and, and subscribe. And the heel to 500. Yeah, well, the, the the stroll to 500 because it's a fucking stroll. And uh, then maybe we can walk to 1,000. Well, it's the crawl to 500. Yeah, cause... crawl to 500. Hopefully walk to 1,000. I mean, share us with your friends. Share us with your friends. If you like what we do, share us with your friends. Don't be ashamed that you listen to us. Look, we come up with the fuck... Now, never mind. If you share this episode with your friends, then they'll be like, this motherfucker listens to people that talk about Bigfoot cock smashers. Yes, <laughs> yes, share us with your friends. You, They deserve to hear that. Yes. Your friends deserve to hear that. And your enemies do too. Hey, Everybody. Uh, hey go support us on Patreon too. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, go follow us on all of our stuff, TN Horror News. Yeah, buddy. And go listen to uh, It's a Horror Podcast when you're done with this one. And also, good. Uh, there's a shout out in there for old uh, Craig and Jeff. What's that? Half Fast Horror Cast. Where's the shout out? And Bigfoot Cox. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You said uh, Craig I don't know and why Jeff. you had to say it. Here's a shout out for Half Fast Horror Cast. Check them out. They're awesome. Yeah. And go check out us, THN on the Road, Deadlines 2. Hell yeah. It's out, and there could be a Deadlines 3 sometime, and yeah. Go follow them on Facebook, too. Deadlines. Yep. THN on the road. Yep. And that's all we got. We out. Peace. Hell, Satan, send nudes. (laughs) 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 (laughs)